Blog Talk Radio. My life has led me down the road that's so uncertain. And now I am left alone and I am broken. Trying to find my way, trying to find the faith that's gone. This time, I know that you are holding all the answers. I'm tired of losing hope and taking chances on roads that never seem to be the ones that bring. coming to you live on this first day of July 2016. You can reach us at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the kingdom of God or nothing. Uh, we also have 
a guest call-in number, which is 516-387-1641. And uh, you can find uh, the reading of this, uh, what we're going to be reading tonight is 95 Thesis, which you can find at thekingdomofdaughternothing.com. Click on Ogden Crowd and scroll down to 95 Thesis. We are on page 33, uh, which is topic 17A. Now, there's over 100 topics that we're going to be going over uh, while reading this book, uh, which is over 100 topics that have either been changed or neglected by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints since the Restoration, which was all part of the Restoration. So if it was restored and God wanted it restored, I don't know why they just neglect these things, but we're going to get into it tonight. So um, there's also a chat room available at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the kingdom of God or nothing. Uh, When you go to that web uh, page, just scroll down and you'll see something that says live. It's uh, big red letters. Just click on that and it'll bring you to where the chat room is. And you'll be able to listen to this either live streaming on the internet, um, or well, you can listen to this later as well. Uh, the the archives for these programs are also on the Kingdom of God or Nothing and on iTunes. Uh, just click on um, Cast on your iTunes, and you can find it. It's called the Kingdom of God or Nothing. So. Oh, let's see here. Looks like Alan is called in uh, to listen, see if he has anything interesting to talk about. Hi. How you doing, Alan? Are you there? Alan. Okay. Well, obviously, hey, I'm here. Just oh, unmuted. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So how you doing? I just found a new place to live uh, in uh, southern Utah. I'm gonna probably be moving down there in the next month. Really? So it's really nice. Nice house, uh, big living room, uh, family room, uh, big backyard. So <laughs> it'll be nice to have a yard. Finally, we have a uh, townhouse now. Have you ever been to my house? I don't think you have. No, I haven't. I haven't ever been there. So what part of Southern Utah are you going to St. George or Cedar? Oh, I don't really want to tell people where I'm going to be living. I kind of keep it a secret, you know. I don't. I don't like people knowing where I'm at. (laughs) So that's that's for me. That's cool. Yeah, people are just ridiculous. you know, I get I get threatening emails sometimes and a lot of messages on Facebook about how horrible I am, whatever, because I do this radio program. <laughs> so I kind of just uh, don't invite persecution, so we kind of just don't like people knowing where we live unless we know them personally. So, well, that's good uh, that you're getting a place. Yeah. I, I, we we'll need to get out of the city. Um, you know, we live pretty close to Provo now. And uh, I, I noticed we we were looking down in Santa Quinn and down in Goshen and um, kind of south of that, you know. And um, 
it seems like there's just a mass amount of people trying to move down down there. And so the people that are, like, renting, you know, apartments or houses or whatever, they uh, they jack the prices way up. And there's still no places really to rent because there's so many people trying to get down there, you know. I, I, I believe that the spirits letting people know they need to get out of the city. So I think people are trying to be obedient to that. So that's why we're really Yeah, I agree. And the problem is... is- Nephi is not far enough when it really comes right down to it. You know, a lot of people are going to go to Nephi and think they're safe, but that's not going to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, the town that we're going to is very small. <laughs> it's very small. So, and it's way out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just kind of place. You know, I was raised in a small town anyway, and the, the town that we lived in in New Hampshire was very small as well, so you know, the town I was raised in had 30 people in it in the summertime, plus uh, RVP, you know, people going up to camp and stuff, you know, tourists, but it was nice. Like, like, the kid, like when I was a kid, we used to walk around with me and my cousin. When I was like 8, 9, 10 years old, we'd walk around with 22 rifles, they go out into the country and shoot ground squirrels. <laughs> That's how practice, you know. Go down to the uh, creek and jump in the water and go hiking and go camping every weekend. And it was nice, and I miss it. So I'd like to raise my kids uh, in a small community. So, so uh Read anything lately? Uh, any new insights? No, oh, I don't hear him anymore. I don't know if his phone went dead. All right, I'm going to drop off. All right, well, I'll leave this line open and uh, just dedicate the program and uh, get into the reading. Oh, there he is. I hear your voice now. Yeah, actually, I I was there. I thought I was. I didn't realize I was on mute there. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm working on things and wanting to move as well and get together and get some place. It's nice and warm now, so the water should be warm. Yeah. So. I- I um. Can, are you getting on too? Oh, okay. Uh, you're breaking up, Alan. Yeah, I'm downstairs in my base, so it's a little tough. Oh, it's fine. All right, I'll just keep you uh, unmuted. So if you have any questions or comments, you can interrupt me, and well, anybody can interrupt me. Uh, the guest call number, like I said, is 516-387-1641, and we will get into, uh, we're going to be starting with topic 17A, Gathering of Israel on page 33 of 95 Um and you can find that, like I said, blocked by um, King, uh, let's see, the kingdom of God or nothing.com. just click on Ogden Crowd and scroll down to 95 Thesis, it's spelled out. Okay. 
Oh, here, I'll give you this one then. Oh, Kim's gonna, Kim's gonna start the reading. You're on the page, right? Yeah, it's on page fourteen thirty-two of Insight to the Nations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll book number. Let's see, what is this? Volume number. Oh yeah, volume number three. Cool. All right. All right. All right. We'll dedicate the program, then we can get into the reading. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. We ask thee, Father, this day that thy spirit would be with us as we study these topics, that we might have things that might trigger our thoughts and uh, memories, maybe that we might be able to consider and ponder over the scriptures that you have had presented to uh, the prophets and apostles of old. We dedicate our time to be our lives in this radio program. And we do so in the name of Yeshua Messiah, even Jesus the Christ. Amen. Go ahead, Kim. Okay. Can you hear me through there? Yeah. Okay. 17A, Gathering of Israel. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. Ezekiel 37, verse 21. See also Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. Ezekiel 36, 24. Psalms 106, 47. Psalms 26, verse 9. Isaiah 66, verse 18. Jeremiah 31, 10. Ezekiel 11, 17. John 11, 52. And Ephesians. One ten. You think that's a little bit overstated in scripture? It might be important. Just go read it. The doctrine of gathering of the people of God, including Israel, is one so clearly predicted by the inspired writers that it seems almost superfluous to refer to the numerous passages relating to it. Or, end quote. Orson Pratt's works, page 9. In Millennial Star, book 36, page 172. Is that how that goes? Is it volume? Okay, volume 36. Page 172, quote, The Savior spoke in parable of the latter-day kingdom and assured his disciples that when, the king, that when that kingdom was established and preparatory to the end of the world, he would send his angels to the four corners of the earth to gather the wheat into the garner and the cares in bundles ready for the burning, end quote. Also in Millennial Star, volume 10, page 241, the gathering of the saints is a very important item of our faith. It is founded upon divine revelation, both ancient and modern. None of the saints can be dilatory upon this subject and still retain the spirit of God. Dilatory? Okay. And still retain the spirit of God. I thought that it was dilatory, like, you know, if you are letting, like, okay, when your eyes are dilated, they're huge and you can't see anything small you can't see detail you know what i mean so when you're not paying attention to the detail and then anyways you can't retain the spirit of god meaning you're open to everything so you can't filter out the that's what i was thinking maybe it's weird anyways oh are you looking it up okay he's gonna look up that i'm gonna get educated here all right, dictionary, dictionary, dictionary definition. As soon as it comes up, 
dilatory, something dilatory creates creates a delay. Delayatory. <laughs> if you are a high school student, once in a while you might have to use dilatory tactics if you forget to do your homework. Okay, computer. Uh, no, I'm trying to get it to go down. Uh, dilatory plea is a plea that delays the actions without settling the cause of action. It, it can challenge the jurisdiction or claim disability of the defendant, etc. Such defenses are usually raised in the defendant's or de defiant answer. Oh, I think it's like, I think it went somewhere else with this. Anyway. Okay. I'll read that again. None of the saints can be dil dilatory <laughs> upon this subject and still retain the spirit of God. To neglect or to be indifferent about gathering is just as displeasing in the sight of God as to neglect or be indifferent about baptism for the remission of sins. End quote. Years ago, when the spirit opened up to the mind of the prophet Brigham the visions of the future, he plainly foresaw that the time must come when the saints would rejoice in the privilege of going to Zion on foot, not only with handcarts, but without them, that they would be glad to escape from the nations with their lives. Millennial Star, Volume 18, page 137. Uh, also in Millennial Star, uh, Volume 9, verse 310, if men have not the spirit of gathering, they are blind and cannot see afar off and are nigh unto burning. End quote. Today, the policy of the church is not to entice or encourage people to leave their native lands. Messages of the First Presidency, Volume 4, page 165. Continuing on to 17b, the keys of gathering. After this vision closed, the heavens were again opened unto us, and Moses appeared before us and committed unto us the keys of the gathering of Israel from the four parts of the earth and the leading of the ten tribes from the land of the north. D&C. 110 verse 11. Moses appeared to the prophet Joseph to confer upon him the keys for the gathering together of the dispensations and the house of Israel from all the por all portions of the earth. We have got to preach to the Lamanites, to the house of Judah, and by and by the ten tribes. John Taylor, Journal of Discourse, volume 19, page 141. When the gospel went forth among the people after the appearance of Moses in the temple, and the committing of the keys of the gathering, when you Latter-day Saints receive the gospel of baptism for remission of sins and the laying on of hands for the reception of the Holy Ghost, you also receive the spirit of, of the gathering. John Taylor, Journal of Discourse, Volume 19, page 125. Why is it that you are here today, and what brought you here? Because the keys of the gathering of Israel from the four quarters of the earth have been committed to Joseph Smith. John Taylor, Journal of Discourse, Volume 25, page 179. I defy all Israel to have so gathered without the, these keys and been brought together as they are today. But we had no trouble in gathering because we had the keys. John Taylor, Journal of Discourse, Volume 19, page 144. Today, the place of gathering for the Mexican saints is in Mexico. The place of gathering for the Guatemalan saints is in Guatemala. The place for gathering for the Brazilian saints is in Brazil, and so it goes throughout the length and breadth of the whole earth. Through from Maconte, Church News, September 2nd, 1972. 
17c, gathering to the mountains. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Isaiah 2, 2. In B&C 29, verse 8, Wherefore the decree hath gone forth from the Father that they shall be gathered in unto one place upon the face of this land to prepare their hearts and be prepared in all things against the day when tribulation and desolation are sent forth upon the wicked. End quote. In B&C 49, verses 24 through 25, But before the great day of the Lord shall come, Jacob shall flourish in the wilderness, and the Lamanites shall blossom as the rose. Zion shall flourish upon the hills and rejoice upon the mountains, and shall be assembled together unto the place which I have appointed. End quote. Heber C. Kimball in Journal of Discourse, Volume 10, page 101, states, Quote, we are in the mountains. We did not come here of our own accord, but we came by the will of the Father. We are in the tops of the mountains where the prophet Isaiah said that the people of God would be in the last days. End quote. Joseph Smith's journal of Sam H. Rogers, page 198, says, quote, Your mission will be to the nations of the earth. You will gather many people unto the, va- the fastness of the Rocky Mountains. End quote. Orson Pratt, the seer, page 6, states, quote, Zion is placed in her appropriate position and is truly beginning to flourish and rejoice upon the hills and mountains, according to the predictions of Joseph, the prophet, and according to many predictions of the ancient prophets, end quote. George Q. Cannon, in Journal of Discourse, volume 22, page 282, states, God designs that this shall be our home and that we shall multiply and increase until the time shall come for us to go back according to the revelation, to repossess the land from which we were driven, end quote. Today, Bruce R. McConkie, Church News, September 2nd, 1972, states, Every nation is the gathering place for its own people. The gathering of Israel, oh, and, end quote, uh, also in Church News, April 5th, 1975, states, the gathering of Israel is affected when the people of faraway countries accept the gospel and remain in their native lands. President Kimball said each country is the gathering place of Israel for its inhabitants, he said. End quote. Moving on to number 18, the wealth of Gentiles. Let me say to you just what the Lord requires of you. If you would only do it, he requires at our hands each and every one of us to begin and sustain the kingdom of God and to withdraw from the world and the business of the world. I say this is the mind and the will of God concerning his people, concerning this people. If they will hearken to it, purchase no more of your enemies. End quote. Brigham Young, Journal Discourse, Volume 11, page 374. And Brigham Young also states in Journal Discourse, Volume 12, page 164, If a bishop or any other officer in this church shall counsel the people to violate any of the laws of God and to sustain and build up the kingdom of this world, I will justify them, and the Lord will justify them in refusing to obey that counsel. End quote. Also, Brigham Young, Deseret News, uh, Volume 5, page 403. Sorry. February 17, 1856. Quote. 
I saw that the people would have to gain a foothold, a strength, power, influence, and ability to walk by themselves and take care of themselves, empowered to contend with their enemies and overcome them upon the same principle that the whites did when they first came to America and overcame the Indians, end quote. In, mer- in the mercantile world, there is what is called the credit system, which I consider one of the greatest curses that was ever introduced among men. People talk about our credit not being good lately. I hope to God nobody will credit a Mormon. We don't want anything on credit. I want us to live as we can live. And if we cannot live without going into debt to our enemies, let us die. Never put our heads under the yoke. End quote. Or, I'm sorry, that was John Taylor, Journal Discourse, Volume 5, um, page 119. This next one is Heber C. Kimball, as related by Amanda H. Wilcox, May 18, 1868. And see also J. Golden Kimball by Richard, page 363. Quote, after a while, the Gentiles will gather to this place by the thousands, and Salt Lake will be classed among the wicked cities of the world. A spirit of speculation and extravagance will take possession of the saints. And the result will be financial bondage, end quote. Today, you are needed where you are. We encourage you to stay where you are because you are needed there where the light is going out. Matthew Cowley, Conference Report, April 1952, page 102. Number 19, the wealth of Zion. The Lord said, and let that which belongs to this people be appointed to this people, and let that which belongeth to this people not be taken and given unto that of another church. B&C 51, verse 7 and verse 10. Also, Brigham Young in General Discourse, Volume 11, page 139, states, Cease to give wealth which the Lord has given us to those who would destroy the kingdom, and scatter us to the four winds if they had power, end quote. Brigham Young, Deseret, what's even? I don't know. It says Des Even News, Evening maybe? I don't know. News, November 29th, 1868. This is the great secret we are teaching in the School of the Prophets. Be exclusive enough to sustain the kingdom of God. We want our means ourselves, and if we trade with outsiders at all, we want it to be yonder at a distance and not here, end quote. Brigham Young Journal Discourse, also in volume 11, this time page 298, states, I know and knew 16 years ago as well as I do today that from the very first merchants who came here were laying the foundation for the uprooting of this people unless we had exceeding great faith and that every dollar that was given to them was given to ruin you and me and to destroy the kingdom of God on the earth, end quote. Orson F. Whitney, Deseret News Weekly, August 11th, 1889, states, Many of these people are perhaps preparing themselves by following after the world in its mad race for wealth and pleasure to go down with Babylon when she crumbles and falls, end quote. Today... In These Amazing Mormons, pages 49 through 50 states, many of the higher officials of the church have risen to their present eminence via a route on which they found themselves handling business affairs of the church. Today, the church owns owns outright a number of thriving modern enterprises, and it has its funds invested in stocks of others as well. Higher officials of the Mormon church are members of the boards of directors 
of several corporations of a national scope, including the Union Pacific Railroad, against the advice of all its conferees in the church, President Wolford Woodruff again forcibly injected the church into the beet sugar business in 1890. Church policy scatters the saints to the four quarters of the earth and spends their wealth among the Gentiles, such as the 40-story office building in New York City. See Church News, May 3rd, 1975, page 4 and many other business enterprises among these Gentiles. Number 20, Holy Scriptures. 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, and also chapter 2, verse 1. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until that the day dawn. And the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time, but the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. End quote. In Luke chapter 16, verse 31, quote, And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rose from the dead, though one rose from the dead, end quote. Matthew 5, verse 19 states, Whosoever there shall be break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. End quote. In Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 9, quote, The Lord would cut short his work in righteousness and accept the church receive the fullness of the scriptures that they would yet fail. End quote. Joseph Smith, Times and Seasons, April 1st, 1844, quote, If any man writes to you or preaches to you doctrines contrary to the Bible, the Book of Mormon, or the Book of Doctrine and Covenants, set him down as an imposter, end quote. I guess the scriptures as we have them today, Doctrine and Covenants, not the Book of Mormon, but the Bible, there's so many mistranslations in the Bible and so many additions by wicked priests and scribes that wanted to change the way things were. I mean, the reason they think Jesus was single is because the Catholic Church did this whole celibacy thing, right? Um, so they they got rid of things. Did you know in the uh, in the uh, that no rabbi could be an unmarried man unless he was widowed? You couldn't be a high priest if you were unmarried. In fact, it was uh, almost like the sin next to murder not to be a married man, you know, in, in the uh, days of the Jews. And they would have called him on that if it. And then we've got like this uh, scripture that I keep harping on, you know, about women being silent in the churches, which is nowhere in. The, uh, the earliest manuscripts, and it wasn't in the manuscripts until about three, four hundred years after Christ, after they were written. So, you know, um, 
I think that this, this, you can take this by the spirit of what he's saying here, but it's a nice statement. But if the scripture is false, then and somebody contradicts the scripture that is false, and the only way you can know the truth of the scriptures is by getting revelation. So you study. And what I ask God to do is when I study things in depth, I ask him, come away, Father, please help me to find something to ask you questions about. Because I lack wisdom. And you said if I, if I ask you, you'll, you'll show me, right? So I ask. And I ask for questions. And I ponder over things. And I tell him what I believe. And then I either get confirmation or the spirit withdraws from me and I either know I'm right or wrong. If I don't get an answer, it's just because I need to continue to study it out and keep on asking. So when you know the scriptures by revelation, then you know the scriptures. And if somebody contradicts that, then you can set him down as an imposter. Anyway, go ahead, Kim. <laughs> I was going to start with the phone muted. Um, okay, continuing on, it says today, um, his, meaning President David O. McKay's words, have an even more immediate importance than those of the dead prophets, end quote. As it has been since um, imperial era, is that what it is? Oh, improvement era, sorry. <laughs> December 1963, page uh, 1064. Number 21, Inspired Translation of the Bible. In Teachings of Prophet Joseph Smith, page 56, He that can mark the power of omnipotence inscribed upon the heavens can also see God's own handwriting in the sacred volume. And he who reads it oftenest, oftenest, is oftenest a word? It was in the 1800s. <laughs> Oftenest will like it best, and he who <laughs> I think it's like the mostest or something, but yeah, okay. And he who reads it oftenest will like it best, and he who is acquainted with it will know the hand whether wherever he can see it. End quote. I kind of stumbled through that one a little bit. <clears throat> the Lord gave some more extended information upon the scriptures, a translation of which had already commenced, Times and Seasons, Volume 4, page 336. On February 2nd, 1833, Joseph wrote, I completed the translation and review of the New Testament, end quote. Times and Seasons, Volume 5, page 723. See also D&C 42, verse 5, 101, verse 10, and 107, verse 28. On February 2nd, 1833, Joseph took the manuscript New Testament, which was completed, Times and Seasons, Volume 5, page 723, and sealed it up, Old Testament completed, July 2nd, 1835, end quote, Times and Seasons, Volume 6, page 802. On July 2nd, 1833, Sidney, Sidney Rigdon wrote, We this day finished the translation of the scriptures, having finished the translation of the Bible a few hours since. Times and Seasons, Volume 6, page 802. See also Doctrinal History of the Church, Volume 1, page 368. 
In preface to Inspired Translation, page 3, quote, this work, Inspired Translation of the Bible, is given to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and to the public in pursuance of the commandment of God as the concerning the manner of translation and correction. It is evident from the manuscripts and the testimony of those who were conversant with the fact that it was done by direct revelation from God. It was begun in June 1830 and was finished July 2nd, 1833, end quote. Today, in Church News, November 16, 1974, page 16 states, some teachers and writers have begun to use the so-called inspired version of the Bible, which the Prophet Joseph undertook but never completed. The presiding brethren urged the use of the King James Version of the Bible, which is the official Bible of the church, since the Prophet did not complete his work on the revision, end quote. Well, that's just messed up. Number 22, Journal of Discourses. Do you know why the church doesn't use the inspired translation of the Bible? Because it says more about how terrible they're going to be in the last day? No. no. Well, they already have enough damning evidence. Well, there's a little bit of that, but um, the reorganized church actually had it. Emma never joined the LDS church, and it was in her possession. So the reorganized church, which is now called the Community of Christ, they have they have it. And they've allowed us to use some of it. And we have a very, very small amount of it in our scriptures. They have the rest. And they don't use the King James Version of the Bible in their church. They use the inspired translation complete. They don't have to go and find footnotes and JSTs at the bottom of their scriptures because it's all there. So, Okay, number 22, Journal of Discourses. For the prophecy came not in old time, but the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21. In DNC chapter... 68, verse 3 and 4. And whatsoever they shall speak when moved upon by the Holy Ghost shall be scripture, shall be the will of the Lord, shall be the mind of the Lord, shall be the word of the Lord, and shall be the voice of the Lord, and the power of God unto salvation. End quote. Introduction to the Journal of Discourses. Quote, this ser- these sermons will be the most valuable as a gauge of doctrine, a rule of rectitude, and a square to life, furnishing at the same time an extensive repository of historical information, end quote. In Brigham Young Journal Discourse, or Brigham Young States in Journal Discourse, volume 13, page 95, I know just as well what to teach this people and just what to say to them and what to do in order to bring them into the celestial kingdom as I know the road to my office. It is just as plain and easy. The Lord is in our midst. He teaches the people continually. I have never yet preached a sermon and sent it out to the children of men that they may not call scripture. Let me have the privilege of correcting a sermon, and it is um, and it is as good scripture as they deserve. End quote. I wonder if he meant that it meant he didn't deserve it <laughs> or they didn't deserve more. No, I guess I'm just being silly because I'm just skeptical. <laughs> Anyways, 
Mm-hmm. I was just handing him something. Um, I say now, when they are copied and approved by me, they are as good scripture as couched in this Bible. And if you want to read Revelation, read the sayings of him who knows the mind of God. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourse, Volume 13, page 264. Today, in December of 1956, Bruce R. McConkie's first volume of Sound Doctrine was advertised in the Improvement Era. This was a revision of the Journal of Discourses in which all the controversial or unpopular teachings were discarded. However, an exact photo reproduction reprint was made of those journals by another source, so the edited editions were not published. Marky Peterson has stated that he would not have set any set of the journal discourses in his home. Other present general authorities have also stated that the journals contain much false doctrine, end quote, which is so ridiculous. Yeah, it's so messed up because the, okay, so the general discourses were, um, you know, basically spoken, spoken from the pulpit. Brigham Young, who was the president of the church, was the editor-in-chief and of the General of Discourses, and nothing got past him, you know. And uh, the church today says that Brigham Young led the church astray on many issues. And like I keep saying, the church says that the president of the church cannot lead you astray. So how do they, how can they say both? It's because they're liars and hypocrites, because there are businessmen who are wolves in sheep's clothing who have hijacked the church. Do I believe they're all wolves in sheep's clothing? No, I don't. I I actually like listening to, actually, I like listening to most of their talks. But General Conference, there's a lot of stuff that they teach that is basics and it's good knowledge. I believe Jeffrey R. Holland is completely 100% convinced that he's a, a true prophet of God. But the thing is, we can all be prophets, you know. But and I don't, I don't get into uh, stating things that I've heard about different uh, leaders in the church uh, about things that they've done that have been covered up too much because I'm not going to do that. But there are wolves leading this church. And this church is so tied up in Babylon the Great, it's ridiculous. So, Kim's showing me guinea pigs that she found on an online yard sale, I guess. And we love guinea pigs and hedgehogs and tortoises and little animals. So, anyway, um, Brigham Young was the editor-in-chief. You know, and the reason why they uh, attack the Journal of Discourses today is because they don't want you to know what, what the early uh, leaders of the church taught because they want to change things. You know, just like, you know, they, they say, well, the president of the church today has more authority than the people in the past. You know, like, the, the, it's more important to hear the words of the prophet today even if it contradicts former revelation, that is so wrong. They are prophets that prophesied deceit and lies. And do I want to be a part of the LDS church? I want to be part of the restored church. I'd like them to come back to, the, to what God originally restored to them. 
But you know what? I know that I'm accepted accepted by God without the church. The priesthood was restored, and the church does not control the priesthood. In fact, because of what Heber J. Grant did from 1921 to 1957 and not confirming priesthood for our whole years, so many of these people don't even have priesthood. The only way that the church can fail is if it transgresses what God has given it. And it has. And it has fallen. So, you know, and there's been some prophecies by like people like uh, Bishop Coyle and others that say that the church will be set in order. And I have to believe that it will. But Jesus said, uh, you know, I will send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order. The house and everything under the roof of the house is the church and the kingdom, which is not the church. Well, the reason why I believe that the church will eventually be set in order is because the first time I was ever um, taken out of my body uh, in the spirit, I, I went to the Salt Lake Temple, and that, and that thing that happened to me in 95, I was taken to the, uh, just under the angel Moroni, uh, there's a room. It's the highest room in the, in the temple. I believed for many years that it was the Holy of Holies uh, until I found out that the one that they call the Holy of Holies is in the celestial room of the Salt Lake Temple, which is really interesting because, and I've been in the celestial room so many times, there are huge vases in front of the doors that you have to move in order to go in there which kind of lets me know that they don't go in there. They don't go in there for their weekly council meetings on Thursday morning. But the the room that I was taken to has an altar in it for one person to kneel facing towards the east. It's just under the angel Moroni, the highest room of the temple. And when I went in there, Jesus Christ took me up there. When I went in there, I went in that room, but I felt the, the presence of God the fullness of his love. And it's funny because at the time, like I was completely anti-Mormon. I mean, I was trying, I completely anti-Mormon. And God told me that I would stand in that room when Jesus Christ returned, which completely floored me, you know, and it still floored me for years. And now I understand why he said that and kind of how that's all going to happen. But, there's going to be this desolating scourge that goes through the church, and there's only going to be a remnant left. And after the, after the cleansing time comes, Salt Lake's going to be a desolate valley, and we will come into that valley and we will take possession of it, and the church will be set in order with the priesthood and the fullness of the priesthood because uh, it's been restored. Um, that it was talked about in Section 124, it's been restored. So anyway, but it'll all happen. But so yeah, the church is it's going to be destroyed, and we will take possession of it um, after the cleansing, and we won't have to do anything except for be in the mountains where God tells us to be in the wilderness. So anyway, go ahead, Kim. Uh, number twenty-three, gifts of the Spirit. Jesus said, "These signs shall follow them that believe." Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs, can you hear me coming across? Oh, okay. Just making sure. 
And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall do many wonderful works. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall heal the sick. In my name they shall open the eyes of the blind and unstop the ears of the deaf. And the tongue of the dumb shall speak. DNC 84, verse 65 through 70. See Mormon 9, verse 24, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because faith is wanting, the fruits are. No man since the world was had faith. I'm sorry. No man since the world was had faith without having something along with it. A man who has none of the gifts has no faith, and he deceives himself if he supposes he has. Faith has been wanting, not only among the heathen, but in, prof- in professed Christendom also, so that the tongues, healing, prophecy, and prophets and apostles, and all the gifts and blessings have been wanting. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 270. The distinguishing characteristics between true and false churches are so evident that none need be mistaken. The one enjoys the Holy Spirit with all its gifts as set forth in the Word of God. The other professes to enjoy the Spirit, but have none of the gifts and operations ascribed to it. The only way by which we discover that human body is animated by the human spirit is by its operations. So likewise, the method by which we determine that the church, a church enjoys the Holy Spirit is by its diversity of operations or manifestations. If these cease, we have every reason to believe that the Holy Spirit has departed also. End quote. Orson Pratt's works, page 96. All these gifts of which I have spoken, which are spiritual, never will be done away, even as long as the world shall stand, only according to the unbelief of the children of men. And will be unto the children of men, if this be the case. For there shall be none that doeth good among you. No, not one. Moroni 10, 19, and 25. See also 11 through 18. Today, now there are fewer gifts than at any time in the history of the church. Although the church is many times larger, it receives uh, proportionately fewer spiritual gifts. Number 24, speaking in tongues. Mark 16:17 states, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. End quote. It is given to some to speak with tongues, and to another is given the interpretation of tongues. And all these gifts come from God for the benefit of the children of God. DNC 46:24. On the 23rd of January, we assembled in conference when after much speaking, singing, praying, and praising God, all in tongues. Joseph Smith, Doctrinal History of the Church, Volume 1, page 323. They were so eager to attend their meetings and to speak prophecy and to and talk in tongues that the Apostle Paul had to relate their meeting, meetings and give them counsel in regard to the manner of conducting them. That order might prevail. The saints were abundantly blessed with these manifestations of the Spirit, but when the apostasy took place, the Spirit of the Lord departed. Its manifestations were fewer and at last they were not known in the church. Um, Improvement Era, a, Volume 8, page 111. Today, I was somewhat startled a few days ago while in conversation with a young brother who had just returned from a mission to Scandinavia. 
by hearing him remark that he had never in his life heard anyone speak in tongues. The remark was somewhat of a shock to me because in the early days of the church where I was reared, there were so many of the saints who enjoyed the gifts and there were none among my acquaintances who had not heard the sweet sound of the gift of tongues. Many times there would be both speaking and singing in tongues in the same sacrament meeting. The interpretation of tongues was equally as the tongues themselves. In fact, we we were wont to regard the speaking in tongues, the interpretation of tongues, the relating of dreams and prophesying as an essential part of the Latter-day Gospel. Anthony H. Lund, Improvement Era, Conference Report, page 32. There are very few numbers of the church who have heard the speaking or interpretation of tongues it was considered by the Prophet Joseph Smith as perhaps the smallest of the gifts, yet we do not enjoy or experience even that gift. End quote. Number 25, inspired dreams. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men and slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction. Job 33:14-16. In dispensations, God has revealed many important instructions and warnings to men by means of dreams. What have not dreams accomplished? Dreams, their interpretation brought the beloved son of Jacob from his dungeon, made him prime minister of Egypt and the savior of a nation and of his father's house. Dreams and the interpretation of dreams raised Daniel from slavery or degrading captivity in Babylon to wear a royal chain of gold and to teach royalty how to rule whilst he presided over the governors and presidents of more than a hundred provinces. Dreams and the interpretation of dreams have opened the future, printed, pointed out the course of empires through all troublous times of successive ages till saints alone shall rule and immortality alone endure. A dream announced by Joseph that his virgin wife should have a son, a dream forewarned him to flee into Egypt with the young child and his mother, a dream announced to him in Egypt the death of Herod and warned him to return to his native land. A dream warned the wise men from the east to return home another way and not return to Herod to betray the young child. Dreams and visions warned Paul and the apostles and the saints of his day of various dangers, shipwrecks, persecutions, and deaths, and pointed out the means of escape. Dreams and visions attended and guided them more or less in their whole ministry and sojourn on the earth. Key to Theology Carly P. Pratt, pages 119 through 123. Are you faithful to your vows? If you are, you will have dreams and visions and revelations from the world of light, and you will be comforted by night and by day. But if you do not fulfill your covenants, you cannot enjoy those blessings. Hebrew C. Kimball Journal, Discourse, Volume 3, page 112. That's interesting. Whosoever believeth on my words, them will I visit with the manifestation of my spirit. D&C 5, verse 16. It is by dreams that God often makes known his mind and will to mankind. In the Holy Scriptures, we find many notable instances of this power or of this gift. 
in which man visited in his slumbers by the angels of God's presence, has partaken of the spirit of light and intelligence that surrounds him. Dreams are of different kinds and are given for various purposes. Sorry, I yawned and then I lost my place. Each true one, however, being applicable to the situation and requirements of the individual receiving it or of the people about whom it contains directions. We have many examples wherein men who receive dreams from God and were obedient to their teachings realized blessings at his hand. They had faith in God sufficient to know truth from error. That nowadays we make look, we may look along, while before we can find. Amongst the people of the world, an individual who has thus faith enough to forsake his home, and journey into a strange land in obedience to the requirements of God manifested in a dream. Millennial Star 26, page 293. Dreams, then, are one of the stepping stones of communication from God. They can then be directed, reproved, comforted, warned, or instructed, and thus have the assurance that they are walking in the path that God wills them to follow. The Gift of Dreams, Kraut, page 14. (laughs) He referenced himself again. Today, inspired dreams and visions are nearly extinct in the church. Those who have had them are told not to speak of them. Exactly. Number 26, visions. And he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you. I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Numbers 12, verse 6. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the Gentiles. The law is no more. Her prophets also find no vision from the Lord. Lamentation. Uh, Lamentation chapter 2 verse 9. So Kim was reading about dreams and her body was like, yes, I would like to do that now. <laughs> she's, she's tired. You know, I've been reading for an hour. I talked for like 30 minutes. <laughs> anyway, I I just have been running around trying to heat up food, and uh, I was actually responding to some stuff. All right, I'll continue the reading. I'll I'll end the program ten minutes early, I guess. Kim's like, what about eating your food? Like, she made me some really good. Uh, macaroni and cheese, uh, homemade macaroni and cheese, and she burnt it just the, the way I like it burnt. Because I only did that to his. The rest of the family eats from a different, different baked batch where we take it out the way we like it. But for some reason, he likes me to cook like his I love his mom or his grandma's recipe, and he likes it burnt. So I don't know. I eat from burritos or chimichangas every day and you're only supposed to have them in the oven for like 20 minutes. I leave them in there for an hour 
they're crispy and they're chewy, and that's the way I like it. <laughs> I am a good cook. I am. I don't burn things that very much, though. So you're supposed to. Only upon request. Yes. <laughs> so she, like, will put two different uh, dishes in, and she will take the one out that is for the family, and she will leave mine in, in the oven, until it's nice and crispy. And then uh, then I eat it. So, <laughs> okay, anyway, we'll get, we'll get into I'll I'll read from here on out. Uh, her body just decides it just doesn't want to go past midnight. Yeah, midnight is, well, you know, she probably was brainwashed by the church because you know the church says the spirit goes to bed at midnight, right? Well, some people, <laughs> some people, uh, I think some people say 10 o'clock. It just depends on the person, right? The spirit goes to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> anyway. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. But um, that was uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. By the power of the Spirit, our eyes were opened and our understandings were in mind, so as to see and understand the things of God. And we beheld the glory of the Son on the right hand of the Father and received of his fullness and saw the holy angels and them that are sanctified before his throne, worshiping God and the Lamb, who worship him forever and ever. DNC section 76, verses 12, 20, and 21. The revelations given by the Holy Ghost, by the voice of the Lord, by the ministry of angels, by visions and dreams, and by the inspired officers in the kingdom, are the kind of laws ordained for the government of the saints. By such laws, they have been governed in every age and dispensation. All churches which have not faith to obtain revelations and laws by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost are not the churches of God. Though they may pretend to great piety, profess to be Christians, make long prayers, preach eloquent sermons, and meet together every Sabbath under a Sabbath day under the pretense of worshiping God, yet if they have not faith to obtain new revelations and visions in the ministry of angels, they are not the church of God and are deceiving themselves and others with a false delusive religion, a religion by which they will perish. As the scripture says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, verse 18 also found in uh, Orson Pratt's works, page 70. I'm just going to copy that real quick and throw that on my Facebook thing here. I'm going to post it in this group that I'm in because uh, uh, they argue with me all the time about things. Oh, the church is true. The gospel, it's the gospel that's true, not the church. The gospel doesn't change. The church has changed. It's been changing. They they changed a whole bunch of stuff, and that's why we're reading this book, right? Anyway, just doing that there. I'm gonna pull it here. Okay, get down to the bottom of this. And, okay, but today, Heber J. Grant said, "The heavens are as brass to me." 
and other leaders of the church have also had the same experience. Because he actually was trying to get revelation on specific topics, and God wasn't speaking to him. That's why he said, he said this several times in his life, that the heavens were as brass to him. Can nobody can hear you? <laughs> can I'm having the cell phone into my face instead, and I'm not even using my phone. No, uh, earlier when we were just reading, I'm sorry, my brain's kind of fuzzy now, but we were just reading, and it was talking about quotes from Joseph or from Brigham Young, and I was thinking about that. The heavens were like brass to him, but he was talking about um, the school of the prophets, and um, during that time, whatever I was saying earlier. And I was thinking about that. I was wondering, hmm, I wonder if that's more of the stuff that he got from Joseph Smith. Probably. All right. Um, I believe Brigham Young got most of what he got, not by revelation, but by being taught in the school of the prophets by Joseph Smith. So anyway, uh, section 44B, gospel is always the same. Now take it for granted that the scriptures are what the scriptures Okay. Now, taking it for granted that the scriptures say what they mean and mean what they say, we have sufficient grounds to go on and prove from the Bible that gospel has always been the same, the ordinances to fulfill its requirements the same, and the officers to officiate the same, and the signs and the fruits resulting from the promises the same. Joseph Smith, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 264. Or page 45. Well, that was weird. Hold on here. Gospel is always the same. Huh. All right. I guess the next topic is 27 temple visitations. I was like, how are we already at 45? We're not even halfway through this book. I think that's a mistype. Anyway, temple visitations. What's that? Well, on the computer. It says 44B, gospel always the same. Okay, yeah, maybe they just. Oh, okay. Yeah, in this probably... book, it's in brackets, 44B. So I think it's a page that they forgot and then they added in after. Because sometimes in pamphlets, when things are mistyped or missed something, they have to add a little little insert into it. I've seen that before, but that's what I think. All right, 27, temple visitations. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 2. See, the glory of the Lord filling his house, that happened in Kirtland. That's called the Shekinah glory of God. The Kirtland temple was accepted. The second temple built was the Nauvoo temple. It was never finished, and it was never accepted. No temple since then has had the Shekinah glory of God come down upon it like the Kirtland Temple or like the temple spoken of in Second Chronicles. All right, let's see. And inasmuch as my people build a house unto me in the name of the Lord and do not suffer any unclean thing to come unto it, that it be not defiled, my glory shall rest upon it. Yea, my presence shall be there, for I will come into it, and the pure in, and all the pure in heart that shall come into the temple shall see God. DNC section 97, 
verses 15 through 16. But do they? They don't see God. And uh, and the glory of God's done in the temple. Now people will, because they've got to like make it make sense in their own head, because they don't realize that they they are they're like oh, I know the church is true. You know, you hear that all the time. Um, so they have to try to figure out how to make it make sense. So they'll be like, well, the glory of God is just that you feel the spirit when you go in there. Okay, tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself, but the glory of God coming on the temple. It's a visible thing that happens. And when's the last time anybody's seen uh, God in the temple? I know President Hinckley saw Lucifer in the temple once. Did I tell you about that? Okay. Um, Kim's off mic. But um, so President Hinckley saw Lucifer sitting in the temple, and he said, well, how, do you, how did you get in here? And uh, he pointed at the people and he said, they let me in here. That might be just folklore. Mormon, Mormonism is full of folklore, but but you know what? Kim made a point, because I've made the point a bajillion times. You know, we, if you don't live up to every covenant you made this day, you'll be in my power. And the church doesn't live the law of consecration. They, get, or they have $35 billion a year to have at least one United Order, and they don't at all, nowhere, not even close. All right, they don't live the law of consecration. There are no, no United Orders, and they they would probably erase the scripture. It is not given for one man to own that which is above another. Wherefore the whole world lieth in sin. Or if you must, or if you'll be a Zion people, you must be equal in all things. Because uh, you know they don't want to have to give up their wealth. They don't want to have to tell John Huntsman or the Romneys or any of those people to, you know, or the Marriott's, you know, give up your wealth. Because, <laughs> you know, they're in Babylon, and they're going to do as Babylonians. And, and they're going to go whoring off out to Babylon, and the God of this world, and commit adultery against Jesus Christ, who is the true bridegroom. We saw the Lord standing upon the breastwork of the pulpit before us, and under his feet was a paved work of pure gold, like a col- in color like amber. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and the hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was as the sound of the rushing waters, even the voice of Jehovah. Um, DNC section 110 verses 2 through 3. Now, what that means there, uh, this is a little off topic, but even as the voice of Jehovah, that means that he sounded like Jehovah, not that he is Jehovah. Okay. Uh, it's one of the many misinterpreted scriptures, because uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. I feel disposed to speak a few words more to you, my brethren, concerning the endowment. All who are are prepared and sufficiently pure to abide the presence of the Savior will see him in the solemn assembly. Teaching the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 92. Zebedee Coltrane related a vision in the Kirtland Temple after the School of the Prophets was organized. He said while sitting in council, a person passed through the room dressed in usual clothing. Joseph said that it was the Savior. Soon another person passed through the house clothed in fire. 
with uh, his features and feet were visible, but his body was wrapped in flames. Joseph said that was the father. Journal history, October 10th, 1883. But today, the temples are being built today are not being visited by the Lord, nor are they uh, built for that purpose. The great temple of Washington, D.C. was built uh, principally as an exhibit to the Gentiles. It is situated in a city where 80% of the population are Negroes and prohibited from entering the temple. So this was, uh, this book was written before uh, uh, Canaanites got the priesthood and they were not allowed to come into the temple and they were not given the priesthood. In Zechariah 14, the last couple verses, it's talking about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, and it says in the temple that in that day, in the millennium, that there will be no more Canaanite in the house of the Lord. Now, I don't believe all black people are Canaanites, uh, because Ham had three sons. Canaan was one of them, and I think it's in the book of Jasher, the other two sons of Ham, um, they didn't want anything to do with Canaan. And just because somebody has dark skin does not mean that they're a Canaanite. You've got to get revelation as to whether or not they should have the priesthood. And these are prohibited, uh, you know, like uh, the, the son, one of the sons of Ham, oh, let me think. So Ham married Egyptus. Um, and Ham was the son of Noah, and Egyptus and Ham got on the ark with Noah and his wife and his two other brothers and their two wives, right? Well, um, Egyptus and Ham went down into Africa, and they settled, excuse me, Africa, and the first pharaoh was the son of Egyptus. And God blessed him because he was a righteous man, with everything that God could give him except for the priesthood. Of course, you know, God did um, <clears throat> prohibit everyone from, uh, but, but the Levites from having the priesthood in days of old, and the Canaanites who have uh, repented and lived righteous lives uh, will have the priesthood given to them, and they haven't. Uh, I think that's why God gave Heber J. Grant, a strong delusion to stop conferring priesthood so that when that happened, you know, they wouldn't have it to give them. But if they're righteous, they will have the priesthood after all the other sons of Abel and Seth have their opportunity. It's a curse placed on Cain that went down through, <clears throat> through Canaan. So I'm not exactly sure how it's all going to work out, but um, but this was written before 1978, obviously. So anyway, 28, Temple Visitations. <clears throat> the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. Matthew chapter 13, verse 41. In Acts chapter 7, verse 53, it says, who have received the law by disposition of angels and have not kept it? I hate it when they do this. Let's read the full, like you can't just take something, this little blurb, and expect us to, oh, wow, I, I opened up right to the right page. 
sorry, let's see. Um, Acts chapter 7, verse 53. So we will read from verse 48. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. And then what house will ye build, uh, be, build me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not the, my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in ear, and or heart and ear, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye, which the prophets have not, or which of the prophets have your fathers? Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which shewed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the uh, the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the dispensation of angels, and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven. Oh, this is Stephen being murdered. And saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Oh, right there is one of the scriptures that we show that the difference between the Father and the Son, that there is, you know, a lot of these Trinitarians, they think that God and Jesus are the same person, and they're not. How could, how could Jesus stand on the right hand of himself? Like, is he schizophrenic, and he's got, like, does he make clones of himself? <laughs> anyway, uh, continuing on. <clears throat> yeah. Behold, I say unto you, nay, for it is the faith, it is by faith that miracles are wrought, and it is by faith that angels appear and minister unto men. Wherefore, if these things have ceased, woe be unto the children of men, for it is because of unbelief, and all is in vain. <clears throat> well, I'm having some issues tonight. Moroni chapter 7, verse 37. Ah, I keep on having to mute it and really just get at it, try to get this stuff out of my uh, my throat here. Upon you, my fellow servants, in the name of Messiah, I confer the priesthood of Aaron, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels. DNC section 13, verse 1. I like that right there, because uh, that was John the Baptist, when he, or Johan, or Yochanan the Immerser, <laughs> or John the Baptist as we know it today. Um, but he didn't say upon you, my fellow servants, in the name of Jesus, or in the name of God. He said in the name of Messiah, I confer the priesthood of Aaron. He didn't say in the name of the Messiah, because it's an office. <laughs> so, um, you know, Messiah ben Judah, that's Jesus Christ. Messiah ben Yosef, that's myself. Anyway, I confer upon you the priesthood of Aaron, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels. Continuing, and the power and authority of the higher or Melchizedek priesthood is to hold the keys of all the spiritual blessings of the church, to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, 
to have the heavens open unto them and commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn and to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. That's DMC section 107, verse 18 and 19. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, Joseph said, He, the Lord, has promised us great things, yea, even a visit from the heavens to honor us with his own presence. That's in TP, uh, teaching of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 19. But today, a visitation of angels have gradually and almost completely disappeared. And they cling to the few that do happen still as like, oh, that shows you it still happens. Well, it used to happen all the time. In spite of more temples in the church, uh, so these things have completely disappeared almost, in spite of more temples in the church today, and many more times the number of people who go through the temples, heavenly visitations have almost vanished. Topic 29, the three Nephites. Be not forget, uh, this is one of my favorite scriptures, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. So like, you know, the Catholics talk about like these angels coming down with their great big old wings and glorious whatever. Those are called angels of light. They're devils. Um, most of the angels that are on the earth right now uh, that are visible uh, are walking around as homeless people. <laughs> they, they're like just walking around looking like mortals. You have no idea who they are. So be not forgetful to entertain strangers or homeless people or there's many angels on the earth. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2. And I did endeavor to preach unto this people, but my mouth was shut, and I was forbidden that I should preach unto them. For behold, they had willy, willfully rebelled against their God, and the beloved disciples are taken out of the land because of their iniquity. Mormon chapter 1, verse 16. And there are none that do know the tr uh, true God, save it be the disciples of of Jesus who did tarry in the land until the wickedness of the people was so great that the Lord would not suffer them to remain with the people. Mormon chapter 8 verse 10. These three tarried among the Nephites and until between three and four hundred years after Christ and were, until the wickedness of the people became so great that the Lord took them out of their midst. Morrison Pratt, Journal of Discourses, volume 16, page 320. Uh, and why don't we see the three Nephites anymore? You almost never hear about them. I've heard about them. I know some people who have seen them. But it's not general knowledge in the church because it doesn't happen. They they would be walking around in the church if the church was righteous. The church has gone into apostasy. They'll, they have withdrawn themselves because of the wickedness of the people. Continuing, if they, the three Nephites, should pray to the Father, says the Book of Mormon, in the name of Jesus Christ, they can show themselves unto whosoever person or people they choose. The very reason they do not come amongst us is because we have a work to do preparatory to their coming, and just as soon as that is accomplished, they are on hand. And also, many other good-worthy ancients that would rejoice 
our hearts, could we behold their countenances and hear them recite over the scenes they have passed through, the history of past events, as well as pro- uh, prophesy of the events to come. Orson Pratt, Journal of Discourses, Volume 2, page 264. See, the, the curse had already come upon the church in 1844. You know, so even at that point, they were still having some stuff going on, but it just kept dwindling and dwindling like a, a coal that eventually isn't on fire anymore. Today, from the 1880s to the present time, the appearance of these three have gradually diminished. The Lord apparently is not suffering them to remain with his people because of our wickedness and rejection of so many gospel principles. Topic 30, the second comforter. Verily thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that every soul who who will forsaketh his sin, who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me, Come, cometh unto me, and calleth upon my name, and obeyeth my voice, and keepeth my commandments, shall see the face, and know that I am. DNC section 93, verse 1. That's the second comforter. All priesthood is Melchizedek, but there are different portions or degrees. That portion which brought Moses to speak with God face to, to face was taken away, but that which brought the ministry of angels remained. All the prophets had the Melchizedek priesthood and were ordained by God himself. That's because they had the fullness of the priesthood. And you can only get the fullness by having the Father lay his hand upon your head and conferred upon you. There's no other way. I cannot give it to you. Only God can give it to you. Teaching the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 180-181. When any man obtains this last comforter, he will have the personage of Jesus Christ to attend him or appear unto him from time to time, and even he will manifest manifest the Father unto him, and they will take up their abode with him, and the visions of heaven will be opened unto him, and the Lord will teach him face to face. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 151. You have been indebted to other men in in the first instance for evidence on that you have acted, but it is necessary that you receive a testimony from heaven for yourselves so that you can bear testimony of, to the truth of the Book of Mormon and that you have seen the face of God. Oh my gosh, it's not too sacred to talk about, right? That you have seen the, the face of God. That is more than the testimony of an angel. When the proper time arrives, you shall bear or be able to bear this testimony to the world. When you bear testimony that you have seen God, this testimony God will never suffer to fall, but will bear you out. Although many will not give heed, yet others will. You will therefore see the necessity of getting this testimony from heaven. Never cease striving until you've seen God face to face. Strengthen your faith, cast off your doubts, your sins, and all your own beliefs. Nothing and nothing can prevent you from coming to God. Your ordination is not full and complete till God has laid His hands upon you. We require that's the full. You get the fullness of the priesthood when that happens. We require as much to qualify as did those who have gone before us. God is the same. If the Savior in former times laid his hand or his hands upon the disciples, why not in the latter days? 
Doctrinal History of the Church, Volume 2, page 195 and 196. But today, for the past 85 years, there has been almost a silence concerning the Second Comforter. The rarity of this manifestation is indicative of the saints' failure to abide the laws that draw the people to him. Part of that is because of the curse, because people are getting it now. God is coming to them, and it's happening. But these it's not the church leaders, it's the membership of the church. And outside of the church as well, it's happening a lot. But, but the church is still in the curse. They still they don't accept the one that God has sent. I mean, L. Tom Perry did to a point, but he didn't know exactly. He knew I was a prophet, you know, but he didn't know. Because I didn't know. I didn't know who I was exactly. Paul L. Tom Perry, you know, he slapped me on the back, and the spirit was really strong between the both of us. And he said, well, God's the one that chooses his prophets, because we sure don't, because he knows. He knew, at least. And I believe he was murdered. You don't have the form of cancer that he had, being as in good a health as he is or was, and die in a month. It doesn't happen that way. I he was poison. I I stake my life on it. I would stake my life on it that he was poisoned, that he was murdered <laughs> by these wolves, these other wolves. Anyway. Um, topic 31 Holy Ghost before Pentecost and in that day the Holy Ghost fell upon Adam which beareth record of the Father and the Son Moses chapter 5 verse 9 and it came to pass that when Satan had departed from the presence of Moses that Moses lifted up his eyes into heaven being filled with the Holy Ghost which beareth record of the Father and the Son Moses chapter 1 verse 24 and it came to pass after I Nephi had heard all the words of my father concerning the things which he spoke by the power of the Holy Ghost which power he received by faith on the, on the Son of God and the Son of God was the Messiah who should come I Nephi was desirous also that I might see and hear and know these things by the power of the Holy Ghost which is the gift of of God unto those who seek diligent or who diligently seek him as well at, in times of old as in times that he should manifest himself unto the children of men for he is the same yesterday today and forever and the way is prepared for all men from the foundation of the world if it so be that they repent and come unto him. For he that diligently seeketh shall find. And the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old, and as well in times of old as in times to come. Wherefore, the, the course of the Lord is one eternal round, and the Holy Ghost giveth authority that I should speak these things and deny them not. 1 Nephi chapter 10, verses 17, 19, through 20, and 22. Alma chapter 8, verse 30. And Alma went forth, and also Amulek, among the people to declare the words of God unto them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Alma chapter 8, verse 30. 
in Mark chapter 12, verse 36, it says, This scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judah. In Doctrine and Covenants 84, 27, John, whom God raised up, being filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Luke chapter 1, verse 41, and it, shall, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it reminds me of something Brigham Young said. Um, he said, uh, watch it, elders, uh, when you lay your hands to give the Holy Ghost to these females because they might be found with a child. Because <laughs> uh, that particular scripture is um, it's a mistranslation. Um, but I am actually really tired and been too long since I've studied it for me to remember how to explain it. So anywhere on page 50 and 95 pieces. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the uh, the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was with him, uh, was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. But today, during his mortal ministry, our Lord gave his disciples the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the right to constant companionship of that member of the Godhead based on faithfulness. But just as long as Jesus was with them, the actual enjoyment of the gift was withheld. Fulfillment promise came on the day of Pentecost, with miraculous uh, majesty attending the gift of tongues, and the interpretation was poured out upon a great multitude, and many conversations were made. Bruce McConkie, Mormon Doctrine, page 181. But that last scripture that we talked about before that shows that the Holy Ghost was in operation while Jesus was upon the earth. Okay, this is the last one I'm going to do because I think I need to take a small map before I go to work because I'm like, I'm dying here. And luckily, I only have to work one more day, which I really hate because I have tried so many times to get my boss to give me Saturdays off because I want to enjoy the Sabbath, the true Sabbath. And... He just refuses. Anyway, if he couldn't have been able to get um, work into getting Saturdays off, hopefully. I even told him I'd work Sundays because Sundays is Sabbath. Anyway, but um, but Shabbat Shalom if you want. So we're in the Sabbath now. Uh, topic 32, the mysteries. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, it is not given uh, to them it is not given. For whosoever receiveth to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever continueth to not are not to receive from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Matthew chapter thirteen verses nine through eleven. 
also see Mark chapter 4, verse 11 of the inspired version. Now, well, I'll talk about it more, but like, so if God's trying to give you the mysteries and you reject them, he'll just gradually take it all away until you don't have anything at all. I watched that with my sister. Like, she was very devout, you know, very, you know, read your scriptures and all this other stuff. But then she kind of, like, started just not reading anymore and, and not caring as much. And over probably about a 10-year period, she got to the point where she had no idea about even gospel, like, principles. No idea. She wants now, but anyway... And he that will not harden his heart to to him is given the greater portion of the world a word until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God until he know them in full. Alma chapter 12, verse 10. Many men will say, I will never forsake you, but will stand by you at all times. But the moment you teach them some of the mysteries of the kingdom of God that are retained in the heavens and are to be revealed to the children of men when they are prepared for them, they will be the first to stone you and put you to death. It was this same principle that crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, and we and will cause the people to kill the prophets in this generation. Teaching to the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 309. And if thou wilt inquire, thou shalt know mysteries, which are great and marvelous. Therefore, thou shalt exercise thy gift, that thou mayest find out mysteries, that thou mayest bring many to the knowledge of the truth. Yea, convince them of and convince them of the errors of their ways. The section six, verse eleven. Now, the only warning against the mysteries were for the missionaries not to teach them to the Gentiles because of the danger of persecution. See Matthew chapter six or seven verse six. Also, uh, teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith two ninety two and Doctrine and Covenants section forty two, verse sixty five. But today we are told to leave the mysteries alone. We should keep our feet on the ground and not get off in the realm of the mysterious, the speculative, and the things which the Lord has not yet made plain. The discussion of mysteries and doctrine only partly revealed can await the coming of the Lord. Doctrines of Salvation by Joseph um, Meth, Volume 1, page 305 and 306. All right. When we come back tomorrow, we'll, we'll start with topic 33. I am just, I need to take a nap. I am tired, so... I'm sitting half asleep. I hate the fact that I have to sleep. I wish that I could just stay up, you know, and not have to sleep at all. You know what I would do? Uh, I would work my regular hours. I would set aside time to watch a movie or some TV show and just relax. I'd go to the pool. I would uh, read scriptures. I would not be tired doing this radio program. Oh, man, that would be nice. But I need to uh, I need to lay down for a little bit. I have to be up. Oh, oops. 
have to be back to work at 2 in the morning, so then I have to work another four hours until I'm done. Then I get to go to sleep for, you know, a couple hours. But All right, we're just going to play... Um, oh, man. Oh, we need more clips. I'm just going to play Jake Hilton because... No, you do not touch the studio, Emmett. Stop asking. It goes off at two. That's when you turn it off. Okay. He's all here because he wants to play some video games. Because we got the computer, um, the desktop hooked up to the TV that we have, and he wants the whole thing for himself. So let's see. I'm going to play the book of Zobo, but I haven't played it for a while. This is one of the uh, the books from the tribe of uh, Ephraim after the Assyrian captivity. So thank you for listening to the program, everyone. We'll be back on Monday uh, at 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Well, on 11 p.m. to about 2 every night during the week. So the Book of Zoblimus, Chapter 1. Gadaliah reigned over the remnant of Judah, and about, at about that time there was a man named Zoblimus, a man of God. He did sit under a tree and pray in the desert, and ate no bread and drank no wine, but ate only that which was around him, and saw the face of no man, so that he could pray continually. This man saith unto God, Father of lights, show my feet unto the narrow path of life, I have been called because of my desire to serve thee, but now elect me unto life eternal, that I might be blessed with the oil of gladness. Call me thy friend, bring me close unto thy gates, that I may see the light of thy kingdom. Zoblimus looked up, and his eyes were growing dim, so that he knew not if he looked at the sun or at a man, but he believed he and saith, I am here. Now behold, the messenger of the Lord had been sent and did say unto him, Zoblimus, Man of God, behold, I am sent by the Most High, the God of all, to tell thee that thou shalt journey to the blessed, and sh- but shalt not dwell with them. Thy eyes are dim, but shall be enlightened by the Son of the living God. Exalt not, not thy heart, saying, Forty years have I not eaten bread, for the word of God is more than bread, and the Spirit of God is more than wine. For wine is revelation, and bread the word of God. Say not, Woe, for not seeing the face of man. Behold, the face of the great king is nigh at hand, for his angels are with thee. Zoblimus saith, I know the Lord can do whatever he will. The angel saith to him, Know this also, that thou art not worthy of one of the delights of those unto whom you go, but arise and set out, because God has accounted thy faith as righteousness. Chapter 2 I, Zoblimus, arose upon my feet, and issuing from my cave with God leading me, I set out not knowing which way I went. The heat of the desert constantly passed before me, and the cool of the night as my cave comforted me forty nights, and the heat vexed me forty days. Now when the angel of the Lord did say unto me that he would lead me unto a new land, I supposed he meant in death. Wherefore my spirit grew faint, and my body failed, and being exhausted, I sat down and continued to pray in that place for three days, saying, Why do I remain? 
Now a camel did walk out of the de waving desert and did place its knees on the ground. I wrapped my arms around his neck to try to arise to my feet. Wherefore he let me upon his back, and he lifted me, and I rode as it were across endless white sands, until we came unto a place with much howling and gnashing of teeth. And I did perceive as it were the ground covered in poisonous snakes and scorpions, Wherefore, becoming afraid, I did pray unto the Lord, saying, Deliver me. There came over that whole plain a great earthquake with much noise, and the wind did blow as it were a storm, and it lifted me from the earth and exalted me on its wings, yea, I was taken up into the clouds. I was praying and journeying, saying, Why did you not take me up upon the wings of the wind before? Whereupon the Lord rebuked me, saying, Behold, each part of the journey has become more fantastic because of the weakness of thy faith. Now the wind did softly set me down finally upon solid ground, and I did look around, and I did see a river, and the Lord did tell me that its name was Eumiles. Now I did go to cross the river when someone cried out as if from the water, saying, Zoblimus, man of God, ye cannot pass through me, for no man can divide my waters. But look up from the waters, and behold heaven. Now I did look up, and saw a wall of cloud stretching from the waters of heaven, and the cloud did say unto me, Sublimus, man of God, through me no devil in the form of a bird passes out of this world, nor breath of wind, nor the devil dressed as the sun itself, nor can the tempter in this world pass through me. I am the edge of this world, the protector of thunder, the servant of God. Chapter 3 Isobelmus was astonished at these words, and at the voice that spake these things unto me. Now as I did pray, behold, two trees sprang up out of the earth, as if in an instant fair and beautiful, laden with fragrant fruits. The tree upon my side of the river did bend down and did receive me, and then did straighten again, bringing me high into the air. It then leaned over the middle of the river, then the other tree bent over and made me met me and received me in its branches, and bending down, sat me on the ground. Then, behold, both trees were raised up, and set away from the river on the other side. Now I did say, O God, mighty is thy hand, for these wonders which I have seen are strange and amazing, and I know not in which land I am, for ye have brought me out of the world, and to a strange place. Ye are truly the God of worlds, and thy hand is unseen. Now I did rest in that place for a time, and I did go forth, whither I knew not, and that place which was filled with much fragrance, and there was no mountains on either hand, but the place was level and flowery, as an endless field of flowers, crowned with garlands, and all the land was beautiful beyond description. Wherefore I did smell this new world, and I did walk as a pilgrim wandering. Chapter 4 as I did walk, I did see in the field a naked man sitting and said in myself, Sur Surely this is not the tempter, for I did remember the words of the cloud that said unto me, Nor can the tempter in this world pass through me. Now taking courage, I did say unto him, Hail, brother. Now he answered and sang, The grace of my God be with thee. I did say, Tell me, I pray you, man of God, who art thou? Who thou art? He answered and did say unto me, who art thou rather? Now I did tell him all concerning myself, and that I had prayed unto God, and that he had brought me into this place. 
Now he did say, Behold, I also know that thou art a man of God, for if ye were not, ye could not have passed through the clouds, and the river, and the air. For the breadth of the river is about thirty thousand paces, and the cloud reaches up to heaven, and the depth of the river is to the abyss. Now behold, ye must have been anointed by God to obtain this place, whereupon Isobamus did say, Behold, I have not been anointed by God, nor by one of his servants. Whereupon the man did say, Then ye must have been elected. Now I did say, I know not, but I was praying concerning it when I left my abode. Whereupon the man did say, Before coming into this world, did you say that you would rejoice when it ended? Isobamus did say, I know not, I remember not. Now the man did say, Blessed art thou, for ye are elected, or ye would not be among the elect. Chapter 5 Now having ended this discourse, we did sit for a time meditating upon what had been said. And then the man did speak again, saying, Hast thou come hither out of the vanity of the world? I did say unto him, I know not. Now he did say unto me, if ye despise the vanity, and wish continually for unity with God, and with the saints in shining robes of glory, then ye have come out of the vanity. I said to him, Speaking concerning shining robes, why art thou naked? Now he did say, How knowest thou that I am naked? Thou wearest skins of the cattle of the earth, that decay together with the bo thy body. But look up to the height of heaven, and behold of what nature my clothing is. I did look up into the heaven, and I saw his face as the face of an angel, and his clothing as lightning, which passes from the west to the east. Now my heart did jump for an instant, thinking that he may be the Son of the living God, even the Father of our race, the Father of the Son of God to come. Now I did tremble, and fell upon the ground at the thought, and giving me his hand he raised me up, saying, Arise, I also am one of the blessed. Come with me, that I might lead thee to the elders. Now while holding hands, he did walk with me, and led me toward a certain crowd. And there were in that crowd elders like sons of God, and young men were standing beside the elders. We came near unto them, and they said, This man has come hither out of the vanity of the world. Come, let us beseech the Lord, and he will reveal to us this mystery. The young men did ask, Is the end come? Whereupon the elders did say, Surely the end is not at hand. It is just a man come hither from the vanity of the world. Now after this they arose and stood in a circle, making signs and beseeching the Lord with one accord concerning me. And behold, two angels came down from heaven and saith, Fear not, this man, for God hath sent him, that he may remain seven days and learn thy ways, that he might understand the way of life, and then he shall go forth and depart back unto his own place. Now the angels, after delivering their messages, ascend back into the heavens before my very eyes. Chapter 6 Now the elders of the blessed did give me over to an attendant, saying, Keep him for seven days. Now the attendant did lead me unto his cave under a tree, and he did tell me that this tree would provide us food. Now from the sixth hour even until the sixth hour came again, we ate and prayed, for out from the tree came thick water, out from the root of the tree sweeter than honey. We drank our fill, and again the water was plugged up, so that it would stay in its place. All the country of those there that heard of me came hither, for a man that came out of the vanity of the world was a curiosity, and all the country was stirred up, 
and they came to see me because it seemed strange to them. For usually righteous men lived and died in the world of vanity, and then went up into the higher worlds. But God saw fit to bring me unto this hidden land for a purpose. Now they did ask me many things concerning the world of vanity, and I was answering them all day, insomuch that I became faint, and besought the man of God that served me, saying, I beseech thee, brother, if any come to see me, tell them he is not here, so that I may rest a little. And the man of God cried out, saying, Woe is me, that the story of Adam is summed up in me, for Satan deceived him through Eve, and this man by his flattery desires to make me a liar while he is here. Take me away from hence, for I shall flee from this place. Behold, he wishes to sow in me the seeds of the world of vanity. Now all the multitude and elders rose up against me, saying, Depart from us, man of the earth, we know not why thou hast come unto us. Now I did lament with a great lamentation, and my senses left me, and I cried out to the elders, saying, Forgive me, my lords. And the elders stilled the people, so that I, all was quiet. Then I related to them all from the beginning till that time, and said, I besought the Lord to come unto you, and he deemed me worthy. Then the elders saith, And now what wilt thou that we should do to thee? I did say unto them, Behold, I only desire to learn from you thy way of life. Chapter 7 Now it came to pass that they did greatly rejoice at my words, and taking up tablets of green stone they wrote on them with their chisels. Thus hear ye, sons of men, hear ye of our own who are become blessed, that we also are of you. For when the prophet Jeremiah proclaimed that the city of Jerusalem should be delivered into the hands of the destroyer, he rent his garments and put on sackcloth upon his loins, and sprinkled dust upon his head, and took earth upon his bed, and told all people to turn from their wicked ways. Now our father Rechab, the son of Amminadab, of the school of the prophets, did hear him, and did say unto us, Ye sons and daughters of Rechab, hearken unto your father, and put off your garments from your body, and drink no vessel of wine, and eat no bread from the fire, and drink not strong drink and honey, until the Lord hear thy prayer. And we said, All that he has commanded us we should do and hearken to. So we cast our clothing from our bodies, and we ate no bread from the fire, and drank no vessel of wine, nor honey, nor any strong drink. And we lamented with a great lamentation, and besought the Lord. And he heard our prayer, and turned away his anger from the city of Jerusalem. And there came to the city of Jerusalem mercy from the Lord, and he pitied his people, and turned away his deadly anger. And after these things the king of the city of Jerusalem died, and there arose another king. And all the people gathered to him, and informed him concerning us, and said, There are certain of thy people who have changed their ways from us. Therefore the king summoned those who had reported this, and asked them why we had done this. And they believed it was an apostasy unto the ways of the heathen. Wherefore the king sent us, and asked, Who are ye, and of what worship do ye perform, and of what country does it originate? And we did say, we are the sons of thy servant Rechab, the son of Amminadab. And when Jeremiah the prophet preached in the days of thy father the king, he proclaimed death to the city of Jerusalem, saying, Yet three days, and all the city shall be put to death. Chapter 8 And the king thy father, hearing this, repented of his sins, and issued a command to all the people to, to turn aside from their wicked ways. And our father thy servant, hearing it, charged us, saying, 
drink no vessel of wine, and eat no bread from the fire, until the Lord shall hear thy prayer. And we hearkened to the commandment of our Father, and made naked our bodies, and drank no wine, and ate no bread. And we prayed to the Lord for the city of Jerusalem, and the Lord pitied his people, and turned away his anger. And we saw it, and our souls rejoiced. And we said, It is good for us to live in such a way, and to perform our rights so. Now the king said unto us, Ye have done well. Now therefore mingle with my people, and eat bread, and drink wine, and glorify your Lord, and ye shall be serving God and the king. But we did say, We will not rebel against our ways and against God. Then the king was enraged, and set us in prison, and we were in prison that whole night, even until a light shone in the building, and an angel broke the prison gate, and did anoint and place his hands upon our heads, saying, My fellow servants, ye are sealed up and anointed kings and priests to rule and reign in the house of Israel forever. And until the time, that, and until the last time, I shall bring thee unto a land where ye can live as ye desire, night and day until the end comes. Now the angel did place his hands upon us again, and we found ourselves standing by the water of a river. Now the angel did say unto us, Whithersoever the water goes, ye go there also. Therefore we traveled with the water and with the angel for the space of many days. When therefore he had brought us unto this place, the river was dried up, and the water was swallowed up by the abyss, and he made a wall around about this country, and there came a wall of cloud, and made a shadow above the water, wherefore he did not scatter us like unto the other tribes, but did lead us unto this country of life, and gave it to us as an inheritance until the end of the world comes. Hear ye, sons of men, hear the way of life of the blessed. For God placed us in this land, for we are holy but not immortal, like unto those who are taken up. For the earth produces most fragrant fruit, and out of the trunks of the trees comes water sweeter than honey. And these are our food and our drink. Wherefore we can live upon the land without toiling, but can spend our time in prayer unto the God of Israel. We pray night and day, and this is all our occupation. For to sacrifice all is to gain life eternal. Chapter 9 Hear ye, sons of men, with us there is no vine, nor plowed field, nor works of wood or iron, nor have we any house or building, nor fire, nor sword, nor iron rod, nor silver or gold, or air too, too heavy or too keen. Neither do any of us take to themselves wives, except for so long as to beget a male and a female. And after they have produced two children, one of each gender, they withdraw again to the other side of the congregation. Wherefore, we withdraw from each other and continue in chastity, except to pray in a circle or to have children. We therefore are in perfect order and express our love unto the gods of Israel and of heaven continually without distraction. There is also no count of time, neither weeks nor months nor years, nor for all our day is one day. In our caves are the leaves of trees, and this is our couch under the trees. For we are not naked of body, as ye wrongly imagine, for we have the garments of eternal life, and the robes of the priesthood made of light, and are not ashamed of each other. At the sixth hour of every day we eat, for the fruit of the tree falls of itself at the sixth hour, and we eat and drink our fill, and again the water is stopped up. We also know you who are there in the world, and who are in sins. And your work, 
your works. For every day the angels of the Lord come and tell them to us in the number of your years. But we pray for you to the Lord, because we also are of you and of your race, except that God has chosen us and has set us in this place without sin. And the angels of God dwell with us every day and tell us of all things concerning you. And we rejoice with the angels over the works of the just, but over the works of the unjust we mourn and lament, praying to the Lord that he may cease from his anger and spare your offenses. Upon the sixth hour I did ask concerning the two trees that brought me hither, and they did say, They are alike and type of the two trees of life which pour golden oil into the two golden candlesticks. Whereupon I did say, Tell me concerning these trees. They did say, There is a Messiah of Judah and a Messiah of Ephraim, and this is the meaning of it. Ye have Passover to look forward unto the Messiah of Judah, and ye have tabernacles to look forward unto the Messiah of Joseph. We know that that Passover is near, because the water sweeter than honey will turn red, and we know that the tabernacles is near, because it shall shine with gold. We keep not track of time, but when this doth happen, we do praise the true and living God for sending the salvation of his people Israel. Our water also does not turn a color for weeks, but in the height of thy winter it doth run green like the leaves of these trees, ever living to praise God. Chapter 10 Now I did stay with the blessed for the space of a week, and they did teach me many more things which I shall not record, but I will record a few more things that I did learn from them. I did ask them to give me wisdom concerning this Messiah of Judah, whereupon they did say unto me, Know ye not the covenants of the Lord? And though this body turn to dust, ye shall see God in the flesh. Rejoice therefore because of the covenants of thy fathers, for they took God the Father as their law, and in return their elections were made sure, and this Christ of Judah shall bring to pass these promises unto you. Therefore lift up your heart and rejoice. When ye enter the world of spirits, ye shall see that death is a mercy, and the resurrection made sure. Now ye shall be clothed with incorruption, and your knowledge made perfect, either a knowledge of your guilt or a knowledge of your cleanness, and a perfect knowledge of the mysteries of godliness. For those who look unto this Messiah, and despise this world, and look for the kingdom within, they are they who shall inherit eternal life, and the kingdom prepared for them from before the foundations of the world. But before this time shall come, the second tree, even the witness of the resurrection, and of the Father and the Son. This second tree, which pours down golden oil, shall be sent to gather the elect before the end comes, and he shall be despised and rejected, but he is a Christ, the anointed, and shall rise before the eyes of the world, for the works of God cannot be frustrated, but shall roll forth until the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of God and his Christ. Their father is Michael, the Ancient of Days, he who shall sit in flaming glory, when all his children shall come before him to make an account, and in that day all shall see that he is their father in heaven, and the father of their messiahs, whom they rejected. From the days of Adam until now, Adam and his brethren and companions, even the counsel of God, have looked over this world and wept, for the devil hath a chain in his hand, even the sealing power of the devil, and he holdeth this world in bondage. But behold, the seventh angel shall come holding his own chain, and the chain of the fathers, from Adam and his companions to Messiah ben Joseph. And in that day those whose hearts are turned to their fathers, and make a covenant with God in the name of Christ, 
shall be delivered by the mighty hand of the second tree, and shall be raised up unto eternal life by the first tree. For the mercy of God is eternal, and his word everlasting. Chapter 11 Now behold, we did condescend into the world as the sons of God, so that there could be opposition in all things, even so that we could struggle and know the good from the bad, and become the victors. Adam fell that we might have joy, and take upon ourselves the name of Adam, and of Christ, and become heirs of the kingdom. Behold, we in this place shall live for a thousand years, as the patriarchs of old, because we are upon holy ground, and pray in the true order of prayer daily, and praise God without ceasing. Now behold, there shall be holy temples in the last days, and if those who possess these temples would stay there continually, eating little, and performing the work of prayer without ceasing, doing their ordinances for the living and the dead, they would live unto the age of the patriarchs. For to live unto the age of a tree is a way of life only. And behold, the falsely anointed shall take control of these places, and force the saints into the wilderness. In this world the dragon always pursues the daughter of Zion and her child. And in that day they shall have the philosophies of men mingled with scripture, and yet they will know it not. And they shall hold the same sacred, and not look introspectively to see that they are the creatures of the devil. Oh, the foolishness of man and his frailties! When he is learned, he thinks that he is wise, but his knowledge is death, and he knoweth not the power of God in his followers and their city, the new Jerusalem. The way of eternal life is the straight and narrow path, and few there be that find it. And those who follow this light and his glory, though they have been wounded, shall see this straight course before him. And the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant there. He that knocketh with his prayers, and he that seeketh out knowledge, and he that humbleth himself despising this world before God, it is he unto whom the heavens will be opened, and, it, and unto him that God shall teach knowledge, and unto him that shall see the Son of the living God. Chapter 12 O man, look forward to the day of your salvation, when justice shall be done unto the righteous, and shrink not in fear, for ye shall pray. Father, bring the coming of thy kingdom, and even if I shall be burned for looking beyond the mark, bring thy kingdom, and let justice be done. For I know that ye are just, and that I would rather thy kingdom come than to live. For he who is willing to lose his life for the kingdom shall find it. What earthly power would get forgive those who ask for it? What earthly power is eternal and unchanging? What earthly power would give the wicked a degree of glory when they are cleansed? Which earthly power can raise thee unto immortality and eternal life worlds without end? I say unto thee, none. No earthly power would give all men immortality and eternal life unto the righteous. No earthly power would grant a degree of glory unto all men. No earthly power is unchanging, nor are their words eternal. And in fine, no earthly power could forgive those who ask, having become a new creature by the power of the atonement of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, praise God, the Eternal Father, for he giveth eternal lives unto those who ask him, and all shall be partakers of his mercy worlds without end. For every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that the two trees are anointed, and calls to test the righteous to see who shall keep the commandments of the Lord their God. But they shall stiffen their necks against him who is called of God, even if they know it, because they esteem his, this body and this life above the kingdom. But behold, this life is a test, 
and we have already supported the kingdom before this world was. But when this world is rolled up as a scroll, we shall see that we have been foolish when we esteemed ourselves to be wise. Now at the sixth hour I did drink, and then an angel of the Lord did appear before us and did say, Now is the time of thy return, Zoblimus. And he did touch me, and I did awake as if from a dream. Now I was upon a bed in a tent, and a man named Imminadab did say unto me, Ye were in the desert asleep, and I did bring thee here to preserve thy life. Whereupon I did speak unto Aminadab concerning all these things which he, which had happened unto me. And he did say, Behold, blessed am I and my whole house for saving a prophet, that I might hear the mysteries of God and be saved. We did pray continually, and it came to pass that a spring did come out of the rocks in that place, and an oasis did appear, and locusts did come, and we did eat the locusts, so that we could continue to pray unto God, eating no bread and drinking no wine. For the word of God was our bread, and revelation our wine. Now we did in fine begin to try and live as those in the higher world did live. And we did pray in the true order of prayer, and we did take off our garments, and did shake them before God, and did wash one another's feet, witnessing that we were clean of the blood and sins of, the, of our generation. Wherefore, we were clothed in garments of light, and anointed with oil as from heaven. I did also have six children, for a man and Ab did give unto my hand the hand of two of his concubines, so that we could in fine begin to live as the blessed did live, and to raise a righteous seed, so that our old order could flow as pure water from the spring, and fill the world with righteousness. Now I did know that the time of redemption had not yet come, for the earth had not yet endured its probationary state, but I did know that we might also be taken up as the elect in Zion, or as the blessed across the river which I saw. Wherefore repent, and be baptized, believing in all that which is good, having a broken heart and a contrite spirit, becoming a new being in Christ, and accepting those who come unto you with the words of life, who cry before you because of the sins of the world, for by their love of truth and their sorrow for the sins of the world, ye shall know they are mine, saith the Lord. Amen. The Book of Paniel Translated by Sir Samuel Warren Schaefer Revelation given to Samuel Warren Schaefer on November 10, 2009 through the Stone at 2.55 p.m. In response to a dream Yaroslav had regarding a man he saw with a tunic and sword. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Paniel is his name. Wherefore, the sword is that of the four winds used by Moses in the destruction of those wicked Anakim who infested the land. Wherefore, this shall be the preface to this book, which shall come forth by the hand of the Almighty. And woe be unto him who shall mock this work, for it has been set forth by the hand of God. Wherefore, it is the record of Paniel, as he and his people traveled from the land of Assyria northward, even unto the land of Magog. Wherefore, they are of my people Israel. And Paniel shall stand with his posterity upon Mount Zion, and be counted with the gods, for such he hath earned through his faithfulness by the grace of Christ, even Adam God, looking forward unto his son Jesus, and admonishing his own sons in righteousness, wearing the tunic of the holy priesthood, and traveling through the land of Dante, 
This is the word of the Lord unto thee, mine son Samuel, and Yaroslav. Be patient and sober, looking forward unto this account, which shall come forth in mine own due time. Even so, amen. The words of Paniel, or first Paniel. Chapter 1 Behold, my name is Paniel, the son of Absiel, son of Ben-Isaac, son of Isaac, son of Amos, the prophet, who was also the father of Isaiah the prophet. Wherefore, I am compiling this record of mine fathers, and also preparing a book that mine sons may write. And I do write it in reformed Egyptian, as was the custom among the school of the prophets in the land of Jerusalem. It being a more pure language, having been reformed back to the best of our knowledge, to conform with the language of our fathers, as found upon the pillar of Enoch. And I, Paniel, do raise my hands and confess my sins before the gods of heaven, that I am a sinful man, and I truly lament my sins, that I am cast down into the depths of humility, even before my Elohim. And I was a prisoner in everlasting chains, save for my faith and belief that my Savior would come, not only to me, but also to my people whereby I have been lifted up to see the infallible glory of God's kingdom and to taste of his goodness and mercy. And great and powerful is my God, for he hath willed it. Chapter 2 And it came to pass that I arose early in the morning and climbed Mount Medala in the land of Assyria, even unto the summit thereof. And there an angel of the Lord spoke with me from behind the veil, and saith, My fellow servant, this day... Hath the Lord called thee up unto this place by the whisperings of his spirit, that you might be his messenger unto the far places, even unto the wandering tribes of Israel, who have in the past been carried off for their own good and that of their posterity. Therefore, praise the Lord God of hosts, the Almighty, for thus I was sent from his presence to tell thee. Wherefore, being in astonishment at the words of the angel, I remained upon the mount, and built an altar, according to the directions found in the law, and praised the Lord as I was instructed. And I heard the voice of the Lord call me by name in the night, and say, Paniel, Israel hath provoked me to anger, whereby I have led her off by the neck. And thou hast never at any time seen the land of Jerusalem, nor thy father before thee, but this was according to my design. For behold, look in yonder heavens, and see the stars, if thou can number them. Israel shall live in one house, like unto the canopy of heaven. But she shall not return unto the land of Jerusalem, nor shall her sons consider it. For it is the land of death and judgment. But I shall make for her a new Jerusalem, which shall be the land of life and mercy. Chapter 3 and the word of the Lord continued with me most of the night, and unfolded many mysteries unto me. And the Lord said, There are many heavens and many degrees, and I have made mine elect children a degree above the angels in authority. Wherefore, call forth with thine ineffable names, and according to the signs and pattern of the priesthood, and surely they will obey thee. Now I Paniel say, O Lord, mine Father in heaven, Shall I live to see the erection of the holy temple, whereby I may fully be endowed in my children also? And the Lord saith, Thou shalt receive thy endowment upon the mountain tops, and if ye remain steadfast in my law, ye shall even have a blessing at mine hands. For ye must have faith not only in the coming of mine son to the people, 
but also in mine coming unto thee to redeem thee. And this is the temple of God. And I upon you looked, and behold, a vision was opened up before mine eyes, and I shall recount it. Chapter 4 I saw a court full of beings of light. The walls thereof seemed to be made of bright gold, and the height thereof exceedingly great. Also the ground seemed to be made of precious stones, and these beings were continually singing praises unto the Lord of glory. And the voice of the Lord saith, This is the court of the priests of Aaron, who are eunuchs before me. Therefore, come forth and see the greater hidden things. Behold, I was then brought to the gate between the two pillars, which are key words and signs, and the angel with me gave three knocks upon the right one. And the guardian of the door saith, All ye Aaronic priests have heard the ringing of the key word, and do ye have a report before the Lord? And I heard one say, He is a just man, and has passed the ordinances of our order, and can half the key, but the other half has not been revealed. The guardian then saith, He shall receive it. And a token and a key were administered. Chapter 5 Now it came to pass that he knocked upon the left, and a key was given, and he knocked upon the gate, and a key was given, and the Spirit ushered me through into the holy place. Now I upon you did perceive that this was indeed the heavenly temple from which the Lord of hosts did send forth his decrees. For behold, when the gate did open, the light was so brilliant that it made all else look as darkness, and it was only open a small portion. And I was taken down this hall of light until I came to a grand council room, with many other rooms pertaining to the ordinances of the house of the Lord. Wherefore I saw the altar of incense, whereupon the prayers of the saints are continually ascending up through the veil to the Lord of hosts. And I saw many brethren in the robes of the priesthood, but I did also notice that there were many more women than men, and that women were worshipping under veils of many different colors, singing in tongues and praising the Lord of glory. Chapter 6 Wherefore I raised my hands up and prayed, saying, O Father, that I could only be counted worthy to be among these here, praising thy name forever. And the voice of the Lord saith, Thou knowest not what thou sayest. For behold, there is a level more glorious and powerful than this. For this place which thou hast entered is the Melchizedek level. But thou shalt be permitted, if faithful, to see that of the patriarchal level, which is full of the mysteries of the Elohim. And the angels are not permitted to see it, because they have made limitations in their minds, attempting to bind me, the Lord of hosts, down from eternal progression, from, for they know me not. Now I was permitted to see the veil of the temple, and how the signs thereof shone with light and glory, and it did make such an impression upon my mind that I cannot forget them. And I know all truth is one, and that the arm, left arm of the law leads to eternal glory. And the vision was ended, and I said, Cursed is he that attempteth to bind the Lord, for he doth not know the Lord which he doth worship, and the spiritually minded shall inherit eternal life. For what profiteth the judgment of, and mercy of the two priests, if they have not the honor of searching out knowledge and wisdom on all matters? For this is the honor of kings, to know and exercise truth, which is the honor of the fullness of the priesthood, even the patriarchal priesthood of the fathers, which the angels have shut out from their own minds. Chapter 7 Now I do know my Savior shall come to me personally if I press forward without wavering. Even the Son of Jehovah, 
He who it was in the Garden of Eden shall come and anoint me if I am faithful. And also the Son of the Son of Jehovah shall come to my people of the lost tribes of Israel. Of this I bear a particular testimony. And oh, that ecstasy this doth fill me with, to know that God ruleth in the heavens with a scepter of power, and that the King of glory is mindful of me, who am simply a sinful outcast of Israel, whose fathers have paid tribute to the Assyrian kings as serfs upon the land. And I just, the lowly shepherd, who walketh up a mountain top and exerciseth faith in the God of my fathers, am shown these things. Oh, what a merciful God is the God of Israel! And now I will compile into this book a more particular account of how my fathers came to be in this place, and how some of my people have rebelled against Assyria, calling themselves the sons of Isaac, and how they have migrated into the east and have warred from time to time with the Meds, and how they are a wandering people going to and fro in the earth, and how some have also gone into the northern countries. Thus I end my own story for a time. Today I'd like to talk to you about the eternity of being, love, and several other subjects. The first thing we have to cover is the fact that we have always existed. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what makes us eternal beings and if we are eternal beings or if we cease to exist, things like this, but the truth is, is that that part of us which experiences is neither created nor is it destroyed ever. There are infinite beings who are eternal, and all of, all of these beings cannot be created and they cannot be destroyed. We have always existed forever backwards and forever forwards. These beings have decided to come into what we call the plan of salvation or this round of creation or this universe so that they could experience new things. Since we've always existed, when we are in what I'd call the eternal world before we came into this universe, we already knew everything we would do under any circumstance because we had always existed. So we came into a heavenly world first. Um, and got adopted to a god, and the reason we did this was so that we could develop our personality, so that we could then enjoy that personality, so that we could then see what life would be like as that person. Even though we did this, we still had eternal relationships, relationships we had before we came into this universe, relationships after, uh, that we will have forever into the future, and these relationships, when we find them, in this world. That is what people call soulmates or true love, things like this. But there are a number of people that we have always known, will always know, and we have always existed with them forever in an infinite regression of worlds and plans of salvation and universes. And for whatever reason, we chose to come here to develop this personality, to experience this personality, and to enjoy degrees of glory for uh, who knows how many eternities uh, with these people. How do we know that we are eternal beings and that we have always existed? Simply put, it's because we're experiencing this moment. If we can experience now, 
even if we don't experience for a time like in deep sleep, still there is clearly that ability to experience. If we're if we're actually experiencing this moment and it is real, then we have always uh, from time to time experienced in the past and we will always in the future. We have physical bodies and spiritual bodies, but that core being which uh, Joseph Smith called intelligence, that being which is experiencing this, will has always existed, will always exist, and uh, we there is no limit to what we can uh, accomplish in reality. We can become gods. We can create worlds without end. We can uh, have relationships in those worlds. We can have children, and ultimately. Uh, the only thing that limits our intelligence ultimately is our imagination, is what we, the limitations we put on ourselves. Book of Quorum, Chapter 1 Behold, I, Quorum, was anointed to be king by my father Levi. Wherefore, I have reigned in his stead, and there has been continual peace in the land for many years. Now my father was a worshipper of the goddess, and ever since he did introduce her religion among our people, the more part of them have worshipped an ultimate god or goddess in all things. However, I have always felt closer unto my ancestors and gods of energy, which can be more personally interacted with. Yea, as a young man I would go out into the fields and upon the hills, and I would hear a voice rustling in the trees, wherefore I would speak unto the wind. I did also realize that the wind all around us was the breath of life, and I did meditate upon my breaths only much, trying to reach ever more peaceful states of mind. Now it came to pass that as I did meditate, I did see many worlds, and I did become one more and more with all things around me, until I did reach a state of mind in which I would change nothing about the world, just as one would not change memories of one's childhood. Wherefore, it came to pass that I did also have a lot of education to com complete, as a prince, and there was a special academy which my father established for the purpose of educating me and others in that art of war and other political things. Now, he had not been originally spiritually minded, having grown up in captivity, but his vision did burst upon him in one glorious night, whereas mine visions have been made gradually over time while peacefully meditating. Yea, sometimes I would stay up and meditate, and the moonlight coming through my window, it almost seemed to make music at times. Wherefore, I would venture forth at night and wander the streets, talking unto the breeze. Now it did come to pass that upon a certain night when I was wandering, I did wander upon, up upon a hill just outside of town, where there were many fi fireflies, and I did sit in the grass and meditate. And behold, there was one great firefly, which did seem to talk unto me, saying, Go down by the river. Wherefore, I did arise and did go down by the river. I did arrive and did find three great trees standing in a row. Now I did bow before the trees while bowing I did say, I did see a necklace that someone had must have dropped. Now I did put on the necklace and I did begin to hear music all around me in the field. And I did also begin to see many spirits walking around me. I did take the necklace off and I was left in the silence of the field. Wherefore I did put it on again and did again experience the music and the energy beings all around me. Where, therefore, I did take it off and did take it with me. Now it came to pass that I went out often and did put on the necklace. Wherefore, one night I did see a robed figure before me in the energy. 
Wherefore I did ask the energy being his name, whereupon he did say, I am Aeolin. He then did say unto me, Behold, I am one of the gods, and I do come to prepare the way for the true magi. Whereupon I did say, We have prophets and priests in the city. Whereupon do ye speak of the coming of magi? Whereupon he did say, Even when thy people are righteous, they do not comprehend greater things than daily life. It is only when they have ended the stupidities of war and conspiracy that they can even begin to focus on living, let alone perceiving greater things. Whereupon I did say, Of what greater things do ye speak? I know that my fathers have seen the gods, as I am seeing thee, so we can tell the people of, of thee. But more particularly, of what greater things do ye speak? Now he did say, Man is only at the beginning, and ye can't comprehend to where he shall advance, or what greater things lay in store. For behold, ye see the grass wave, and ye see the moon shine, but most people do not even notice this. They are driven by hunger for the next object of their livelihood. Seeing spirits and hearing the, the music of the heavens is not the pinnacle of perception. It is but the particle of perception, the first inkling of wakefulness. Now I did say wakefulness, but I am awake. Whereupon he did say, ye are only beginning to awaken. There is an endless progression before thee, and ye shall be the first of thy fathers to understand greater things. Mankind is in a sleep so deep that it is only his circumstances and his body which dictate every move in perception. Those who stop and think about the raw nature around him is a level above this, and he that perceives other states of consciousness and sees spirits is but a level above that, and he must transcend levels without end. For behold, all thy people rest in their dreams of life, and they are not ever awake, and thy fathers who have known the gods and brought salvation unto thy people are but barely awake in the state where you barely comprehend being again after an endless night. The knowledge of the Magi is the knowledge to wake up and to continue to awaken up through endless levels, for true Magi are gods, just as the titans of the elements. Wherefore, I did say, What shall I do to attain this greater wakefulness? Whereupon he did say, Behold, ye must perceive that there is a greater danger among you than war. It is that endless force which tries to get you to be asleep. You must fight this in thy own mind and in the external world. Everything is perceived in a certain frame of reference of personal dimension or personal dimension. And ye must realize first that there truly are endless ways to see it. Now I should say unto Aeolin, but if ye see it differently, it still isn't different, right? Whereupon he did say, Nay, it is different. Ye must realize that ye perceive the world from within you. Wherefore, no matter what you call or think external reality is, it is irrelevant. What is relevant is what you experience. If you experience something, that thing is real. To awaken you must shake off the chains that mentally bind thy people and explore the dimensions of perception. You must realize that there is already a world within you, and ye are already in the heavenly plane. But ye are also in a dangerous place on the other on the other hand, where the architect of this world and of thy mind shall continually try to support thee. Wherefore I did say, How shall I fight myself? Now he did say, Ye shall fight thyself by perceiving that ye have won. Ye are in a dungeon of thy mind, and only when there is sufficient peace among a people can one like thee be awakened. Wherefore I did say, What else should I do? Whereupon he did say. It shall come unto thee, and I shall instruct thee from time to time. I shall first instruct thee to write concerning other worlds. 
Wherefore I did ask, How shall I know of other worlds? Whereupon he did say, Ye shall see them in thy mind. Ye should also write whatever ye desire to happen, for this is the power of the Magi. Also, know that ye have a hidden flame within thee. It shall illuminate what you shall do as ye travel through this new world of mental dimensions, for there is an endless journey before thee. When ye are liberated from the prison house of the architect, ye shall awaken others, for it is hard to explain these things without a common frame of reference. Many dimensions and worlds within and without, and the endless journey must be experienced. Now it came to pass that I did return unto my house and did think upon these things, wherefore, as the days passed, it was easy to see that the world was working against this awakening, as I was uh, obligated to think upon worldly matters during my schooling and other activities. Wherefore, I wondered if I did awaken, if I would have any frame of reference in common with my people, or if I would be totally incomprehensible unto them. Now I did meditate often, did go out at night, and began to speak unto the wind again, whereupon the wind did say, Words do not bring thee closer to thy goal. Speak little, and find me within you. Wherefore, I did close my eyes, and did find myself in a great field of flowers, and there was a lot of wind blowing, and walking within it was a tall, slender, blue girl, who said unto me, Behold, ye have done it. We are here together. Whereupon I said, We can't be. Now she did say, Only as ye say that shall it save. For remember, whatever ye experience is real. Ye cannot experience an unreal thing. Now I did cry out, as I did suddenly labor to hang on to it. And she did say, Don't hold on to it. Whereupon, when I did let go, I did feel myself back, meditating in my own world. Wherefore I did say unto the wind, When he feel true love in a dream, it cannot be true love. For it is only one experience, and there is no life together with that love. Wherefore it brings longing. Now the wind did say, Behold, it is definitely true love. For ye long, ye have lived lives, endless lifetimes, with every particle of being in the universe, and endless flames. Wherefore ye must only reawaken it, and ye should enjoy every moment you have with them. I love thee, and I am real, for I am talking to you, for there is no unreal thing. If a concept is capable of being thought of, it is real. Now I did say, that means everything is real. Whereupon she did say, I believe all things. Whereupon I did say, what about all those tyrannical religions which suppress our fathers? And she did say, they are real, hence they have suppressed thy fathers. I don't support everything, I only believe in everything, because everything is real or it would not exist. It is only a matter of what you are looking for. The anointed died for thy sins. If ye have sins, and if he died, then he died for them. We believe all things, we hope all things, because without all things we would not have everything. Now I did say unto the wind, What about trying to hold on to this world? Will it also fade away like the, that world of flowers? Whereupon she said, Ye may try it if ye like, but trying to hold on to something is caused by fear, and so ye shall go to ever lower realms of being in that direction. By having no attachment, ye shall flow to higher dimensions. Now I did marvel at her words, and I did try to let go of attachment, and it just let all things be, for the world did not need to be embraced, for all things embrace one another. I thought to be whole, be partial, to see endless things, try to hold on to none of them, travel to infinite dimensions by having no attachment, just experience them. Wherefore, when these words come in, unto my mind, 
I did find myself in another place. This place was much stranger than the last, and did have islands suspended, as it were, on a giant crystal sphere. I then did go into a temple there, which had great columns, and I did see a book upon a pedestal. I read unspeakable words, and did see many lives pass before me, and I did travel, as it were, into the candle there. And as I did travel into the flame, I did appear in a new world, and with every world I did fly into another flame. This did go on until I no longer had a sense of self, but instead I was all the places I had been. Wherefore, I did realize that even now I had no frame of reference in common, whereby to share this experience with my people, for even the words of my pen cannot express the unspeakable things. Wherefore, I did start a school among my people once I was king, and I did teach them to let go of all attachment and to embrace all things they saw in their minds, and to just experience it no matter where it should lead them. Now one day a man in green robes did come into the school and did deliver a board with black and white checkers on unto me and also black and white triangles. Wherefore I did ask him his name, and he did say unto me that he was Elos, whereupon I did say, Surely not the same Elos with which met Omer upon the beach, whereupon he did smile and say, Elos is a common name where I come from. Wherefore I did inquire concerning the nature of the board, and he did say, Behold, have thy magi meditate upon, and count all its triangles, and write concerning what comes to their minds concerning it. Now I did so, and they did realize many great things which cannot all be written in this record, wherefore they are had in volumes among our libraries. Wherefore it came to pass that I did suddenly one night have a feeling that I should go unto an old stone circle that my people had made. Wherefore, I, as I did go unto it, I was overtaken by a dark spirit, but I did flee and did come unto the circle. When I did get into it, I did see a cloud coming towards me, moving against the wind, and I did suddenly hear, as it were, music in my ears, and tingles did go up my spine. Wherefore, the cloud did come close unto the ground, and it covered the circle I was standing in, and so much that I was in a heavy mist, and I did suddenly see a light above me, and behold, coming out of it were beings. Wherefore, I did fall upon my knees, and they did say unto me, Koram, arise, we have come to establish contact with thy people again, for behold, we are the titans, which do watch over thy people. Now I did rise according to their words, and they did embrace me, as though they had always known me, and they did give unto me the stone of Emmer, which he did have the power to call them from the sky. Now it did come to pass that they did bless me and did also give unto me a titan stone and did fill me with a kind of energy and did connect me to the stone with oil. Wherefore, it did say unto me that the connection would be sealed through love and did encourage me to more fully create my world as Abelin had instructed me. Now I did return unto mine house and did begin to draw maps of my world insomuch as it was solidified in my mind for ev everywhere. I looked in my world, there would be what it was, and it did not feel as though it was coming from me, but as though it was there. Now I cannot write anything which shall be as profound to thee as the things which are already formulating in, in thy own mind. Wherefore seek always to let go of attachment, and to see the world as it is, and all the worlds as they are, and the world within you which is real. We are already in the heavenly realm, but we must awaken to it. For everyone in the world doth sleep, and I do dwell among a sleeping people. Wherefore, 
Always explore, for there are endless worlds there to explore, and we shall flow through endless time, having endless experiences, and this is only the beginning of the awakening in man. Wherefore, believe all things and fight the architect of the world, and embrace the architect within you, as only part of the awakening world which is within you. We are gods already. We must only realize it and let go of the fear which keeps us seeing the worlds as they are. Now I did govern the kingdom through many years of righteousness and prosperity, and the people were kind to one another, and there were very few disputations among them, for they all did respect freedom. Wherefore I did also raise my son Kish upon the principles of truth and righteousness, and he did also join the school of the Magi, and I believe he has truly begun to be awakened, wherefore I had great joy in him. And I do now write this just before I shall anoint him king. I do rejoice in the energetic magi and gods and all the endless worlds I have been privileged to see and dream about. Wherefore I do end my account with these words. Let go of attachment and have a right view of the reality of the world, as I have explained, and ye shall ever flow towards greater wakefulness. Thought that I was all alone, broken and afraid, but you were there with me. Yes, you were there with me. Well, and I didn't even know that I had lost my way, but you were there with me. Yes, you were there with me. Until you I could. 